Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to qalamcampus.com and donate generously. Every single person listening to this podcast benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide and let's all of us come together, invest into our sadaqah jariyah and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast. Inna alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiati a'malina. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن فإن خير الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة فمنا أما بعد During the time of the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم there was a sahabi that came to the Prophet this sahabi's name was Thoban Thoban was a freed slave. He was a mawla of the Prophet Muhammad And Thoban was known to be in love with the Prophet He absolutely loved the Prophet He had a very, very strong love for the Prophet Muhammad So one time he came to the Prophet And you could tell something was wrong. You could tell his face was different. And you could tell his, uh, he had, something was bothering him and something was grieving him. So the Prophet ﷺ asked him, what is it that grieves you? What's wrong? Prophet ﷺ noticed right away and he asked him, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And Thoban, he responds, there's nothing that bothers me except one, one item. There's one thing that's really, uh, that's really holding heavy on my heart. That I see that when I'm with you, I'm having a great time. I love to be with you in your company. 
But when I'm away from you, I'm always lonely. I'm always by myself. I feel so lonely. I miss you so much. And the other day I was thinking, and I realized that in the akhirah, where we will all be going, that you will be among the Nabiyeen, the prophets, and the best of creation, and someone as low as me, if I get into Jannah, someone as low as me would be in the low levels of Jannah. I'll never see you, Ya Rasulullah. And if that's if I get into Jannah, if I don't get into Jannah, then I'll never see you at all. So in response to this story, in response to this incident, Allah sent down a verse. Allah responded to this. Allah says in the Quran, وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَحَسُنَ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا that Allah said in the, the Qur'an that anybody who obeys Allah, which comes first in our deen, to obey Allah, and anybody who obeys the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and they truly obey what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent for, then these people will be joined in Jannah with the prophets, with the messengers, with those that are truthful, with the martyrs, and with the pious. وَحَسُنَ أُولَٰئِكَ رَفِيقًا And this is the best. This is the best place. This is the best destination. ذَٰلِكَ الْفَضْلُ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ عَلِيمًا That Allah is saying that this is a blessing, this is a favor that Allah grants to those that He knows deserve it. And so from this verse, I want to highlight and go straight into what my khutbah will be about today. That what we understand from this verse and from this story is that the Prophet and what the Prophet ﷺ came with, and the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, all of those not only are they essential in our deen, but in addition to that, following these ahadith, following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, will reach us and help us attain this status that Allah is talking about in the Qur'an. It will help us be with the Prophet Muhammad in the Akhirah. It will help us meet our beloved If we are able to dedicate ourselves to what the Prophet came with. And so there's two primary things that we see from the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad There are the advices and the commandments that he has given us. When you read the ahadith of the Prophet, when you read the sayings of the Prophet ﷺ, what you'll see is there are many of them that the Prophet ﷺ, he addresses us, he addresses the Sahaba, and in extension, he addresses us. 
He tells us to have taqwa of Allah. He tells us to have sabr, to be good to each other, to have good akhlaq. He tells of, uh, us of all of these things, to pray five times a day, to give zakah, to fast. And he tells us all of these different things. And part of embodying this ayah of may yuti'illaha wa rasul is acting on the commandments of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But in extension of that, in an, and in addition to that, the life of the Prophet ﷺ himself, how he acted upon the Qur'an, how he acted upon the commandments of Allah, how he demonstrated what the sunnah is, the entire science of the sunnah or the entire subject of the sunnah is something that, that is a huge blessing for our ummah that we are actually able to study. We have document, documentation and documented proof of what the Prophet ﷺ actually did and he, how he actually manifested what the Qur'an has to say. And so that aspect, that's what I want to focus on during my khutbah today. What was the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ? How did he conduct himself? How was his mannerisms? How was his etiquette? Aisha anha, she said that the Prophet ﷺ, she was asked about the khuluq, the etiquette of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. She said, Kana Quran, that his etiquette was the Quran. And so during this khutbah, I want to focus on a few examples and instances that really exemplify what his khuluq was and what his etiquette was. <coughs> First, I want to start off with how he was sallallahu alayhi wasallam with young kids, with children. What we see here is, and there's, a, there's an example that we see from the life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that there was a young boy, and the narration says he, he was maybe two, maybe three years old. He was very, very young. He was a little toddler infant. And the Prophet ﷺ, his name was Abu Umair. The Prophet ﷺ, every time he would travel and he would come back, he would visit Abu Umair. He would stop by his house. He would check on him. He would ask him, the Abu Umair loved to play with birds. There was a bird that he liked to play with. And he said, ما فعل النغير? He would say this to him, uh, embracing him. The narration says when he would come to him, he would hug him, he would embrace him, he would grab him. This wasn't his son. It was a child that he knew that was part of the community. The Prophet ﷺ, there's a famous narration, and many of us have most likely heard it before. The Prophet ﷺ, with his children, right? With his, there's a number of narrations that we have of Al-Hasan ibn Ali, that he would come and he would kiss him. And we have other narrations of other children, his own son as well, Qasim, that he would kiss constantly. He would kiss them. And so the narrations go, goes on that the Prophet ﷺ was kissing his, uh, his grandson, Al-Hasan. And uh, a uh, sahabi came and he said, I have ten children, and I have never once kissed any of them, none of them. And the Prophet ﷺ is, uh, is kissing his grandson right there. And this man says, I've never once kissed any of my children. 
The Prophet ﷺ was so shocked at this, he looked at him and then he addressed him to correct him. He said, That someone who does not have mercy, meaning for their kids, then they will not be shown mercy in the Akhirah. That we need to soften our hearts a little bit. We need to go easy on our own family and on our own kids. Anas bin Malik, great Sahabi of the Prophet Muhammad He was one of the Sahaba who passed away last, latest in the in our history among our Sahaba. Anas bin Malik, he was very young. He was uh, he was in his teens when the Prophet passed away. And he says that I served the Prophet ﷺ for 10 years, Anas bin Malik. And so of course what you see here is that because he's been serving the Prophet ﷺ, he would know the etiquette better than anybody else. He would know the etiquette of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ better than anyone else. And he says, Anas bin Malik, he says that one time the Prophet ﷺ asked me to go take care of something. So I said, absolutely, I'll go take care of it. He's a young boy. He's a young boy at this time. He leaves and he goes to, to, to take care of the affair for the Prophet And he notices some, some kids playing and of course, he gets distracted. And he goes and he starts playing. Prophet he notices that. Anas bin Malik has him come back. He goes to look for him. He finds him among, uh, among other children playing. And so he taps him, he turns him around. What happened? He said, uh, isn't there something that you're supposed to be doing? And he said, yes, yes, I'll go. And he, the Prophet was laughing at this time. He says, Anas bin Malik, he said, he, the Prophet never rose his, uh, his voice to me. He never rebuked me, not a single time. Talking about uh, 10 years with the Prophet he never rebuked me for a single time, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We see the story of the the Bedouin that came into the masjid. Famous story, we all know it. We see the story of this man who came into the masjid, this Bedouin who came to the masjid, and he didn't realize where he was, and he went into the corner of the masjid. He went on to the side of the masjid, and he started urinating in the masjid. At this point, the Sahaba, they're up in arms. They go to stop him. But the Prophet says, stop. Leave him. Once he's done, go clean it up, pour water on it, and it'll be fine. And this A'rabi, this Bedouin, he addresses the Prophet afterwards and he says, it's, uh, I like you, meaning the Prophet because you have rahmah, you have mercy. And the Prophet ﷺ, in another narration of this incident, he addresses the Sahaba. He says that, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُمْ مُيَسِّرِينَ وَلَمْ تُبْعَثُوا مُعَسِّرِينَ That the Prophet ﷺ says this to the Sahaba. He says that you all, in your message and passing on this message of Islam, be easy on people. مُيَسِّرِينَ Be easy. You're here to make things easy for people. You're not here to make things difficult for people. In his own family, if we look at his own family, Aisha, she was asked, how was the Prophet at home? And she, she commented, and she said a few things on a number of incidents. She said that he وسلم, would be caring for his family. When he comes home, 
And this applies to all of us. When he comes home, he comes and he takes care of the family. He doesn't come home and just cut himself off from his family. Separates himself off from his family. He comes home and he helps them. The Aisha said that he would take care of himself. That he would, take, he would fix up his shoes himself. And he would fix up things uh, at home. And he would take care of affairs at home just like everybody else. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Aisha and she was the one that, uh, that gave us so many ahadith of, the, of insight of what the Prophet ﷺ did at home. She tells a story of the Prophet ﷺ. <clears throat> she says that when we would travel, that there was an incident during the time of the Prophet. We were traveling and he told the caravan to all go ahead. And he stayed back with me. And he told her, he didn't rebuke her, he didn't uh, correct her, he didn't say anything negative to her. He said, you see that point over there? I'm going to race you. Let's see who gets there first. And so then uh, they race and Aisha wins. And she says in the narration, this was when I was uh, <clears throat> a little bit more fit. Then the next trip came, a number of years later, and we went on another trip, and the Prophet ﷺ did the same thing again. He let the caravan go forward, and he said, you see that spot over there? Let's race. And she lost that time. And she said, at this point, uh, I wasn't as fast as I used to be. This was his relationship with, uh, with Aisha. <clears throat> His own family, his sister, his sister as Shema. It's amazing when we look at the narrations and we look at the, the life of the Prophet Muhammad Towards the end of the life of the Prophet a couple of years before he passed, we see there, there's an incident <clears throat> after the Battle of Hunain that there were a number of this tribe Hawazin that was brought in front of the Prophet Muhammad and one of them, these were not Muslim, and one of them was this woman, her name is Ashayma. And she claimed to the Sahaba at that time, she claimed to them that I am the sister of the Prophet I am the foster sister of the Prophet. And they, they weren't believing her. So they brought her to the Prophet And the Prophet hadn't seen her in such a long time. He hadn't seen her in such a long time. So he said, uh, she said, I, I am your sister. And he didn't recognize her. And she said, I have proof. And she showed a mark on, her, on herself and she said, do you remember this? And the Prophet said, yes. This is when you were a child and you were in my lap. I was holding you, I was taking care of you. And you bit me, And you left a mark. This is that. When he realized this, he, the, he jumps up, he leaps up, and he puts down, he takes his shawl, he puts it down for her, he sits down with her, and he starts talking to her. This is how he was, uh, he, he re, as soon as he realized it was his sister, he sat with her. And he said, 
at this point, she's, uh, she's not Muslim. By the end of this, she becomes Muslim. And at this point, he said, I'll, if you join us, if you come to Medina, we'll take care of everything for you. Right? You will be my family, you will be among our community, you will be loved by our community. You're my sister. I'll take care of you, of you, I'll give you food, I'll give you provisions, everything. If you don't want to come with me, that's fine. That's okay. You can go back to your people, but still, I'm going to provide for you. I'll give you some food, I'll give you some provisions to go and take it back home with you. And she said, I'd like to go back home. I'd like to go back to my tribe. So, uh, and I would love any provisions and food that you have to offer. And so the Prophet ﷺ gave that to her, and she went. I pray that we can learn from all of these examples and all of these uh, etiquettes of the Prophet Muhammad rahim. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala wa ba'd I'd like to wrap up this khutbah with a few final points The Prophet sallallahu and the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu are essential to what we uh, what uh, what our deen has to offer. The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is essential to what the deen has to offer. It's an essential part of our, our religion and we need to act upon it, we need to learn about it, we need to learn, the, study the seerah, we need to listen to the seerah and we need to learn about our Prophet ﷺ. The next point I want to make here is that from these etiquettes, and from the, the characteristics of the Prophet ﷺ, we need to constantly reflect on them to improve ourselves. It's easy and it's simple to make an excuse and to say that he's a prophet, he's a messenger, I can't follow him. I'm nothing compared to the Prophet ﷺ. But what's difficult is following his example. What's difficult is when we go home that we are constantly imitating what the Prophet ﷺ did. That we act just like he did. That we go home and we take care of our families. And we're nice to our kids. That we don't snap at our kids. That we talk nicely to them. We, we, we cater to them. We speak nicely to our spouses. <laughs> We spend time with them, we give them the time of day because that's what they deserve and that's what the Prophet ﷺ did and that's why he did it so that he can be an example for us. <clears throat> and lastly, I'd like to just say the Prophet ﷺ dedicated his life so that we here at this time could uh, believe in Allah and to follow the message of Allah and to be Muslim. He dedicated his life for us. He dedicated his life 
the Sahaba accepted, he made sure that they continued the message up until we are the, the point that we are today. So in addition to everything else, it's very important, it's important and crucial that we make salawat ala nabi Every day, make salah ala nabi Don't be stingy, make salah ala nabi In salah we make it, outside of salah we make it. Make dua for the Prophet because it will benefit him in the hereafter. سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد